follow-up research article to the previous one I read back in, I think, March of this year, entitled mRNA Vaccines and the Risk of Prion Disease. This is by the same author, J. Bart Claussen, MD. The name of this research article, it's actually published by the Journal of Medical Clinical Research and Reviews, and it was uh, actually received the end of June, June 25th, 2021. It was accepted July 18th, 2021. So I guess this is a peer review. And it is entitled COVID-19 Vaccine Associated Parkinson's Disease, a Prion Disease Signal in the UK Yellow Card Adverse Event Database. Now, when I went over this article, the first article by this author months ago, it was extremely upsetting. Uh, <clears throat> citation. Class and JB COVID-19 vaccine associated Parkinson's disease, a prion disease signal in the UK yellow card adverse event database. Um, so here we go. Many have argued that SARS-CoV-2 spike protein and its mRNA sequence found in all COVID-19 vaccines are pryongenic. The UK's yellow card database of COVID-19 vaccine adverse event reports was evaluated for signals consistent with a pending epidemic of COVID vaccine induced prion disease. Adverse event reaction rates from AstraZeneca's vaccines were compared to adverse event rates for Pfizer's COVID vaccines. The vaccines employed different technologies allowing for potential differences in adverse event rates but allowing each to serve as a control group for the other. The analysis showed a highly statistically significant and clinically relevant 2.6-fold increase in Parkinson's disease, a prion disease, in the AstraZeneca adverse reaction reports compared to the Pfizer vaccine adverse reaction reports. These results are consistent with monkey toxicity studies showing infection with SARS-CoV-2 results in Lewy body formation. The findings suggest that regulatory approval even under an emergency use authorization for COVID vaccines was premature and that widespread use should be halted until full long-term safety studies evaluating prion toxicity has been complete. Alternative vaccines like the measles, mumps, rubella, MMR vaccine should be explored for those desiring immunization against COVID-19. That's interesting. I think I've, I've heard that mentioned before that the reason why it was new york city i don't remember if it was the year before what year is it 2019 or 2018 that they went absolutely crazy about people uh not being vaccinated for measles for mmr uh, having their mmr and then they had a quote measles outbreak i don't remember if it was 2018 or 2019 but if anybody in the states who's listening you remember that? I think there was an outbreak in Florida and Disney. There were measles outbreaks all over. We were being terrorized that year. And I remember reading, and I can't, I, I read so much stuff, I can't remember where it all comes from or even how, how to get back to half of it. Uh, there's only so many tabs you can open on your computer screen with, before that shit crashes, you know? And, uh, but going back to what was said is that the campaign to inoculate people for measles at that time may have offset or thwarted the ill effects of this uh, COVID, 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 COVID. So I don't know. Uh, and that's, I'm just referring to that because that's what I've come across 
prior to this gentleman saying that the MMR vaccine should be explored for those desiring immunization against COVID-19. So if that's the case, the people who had the MMR and actually had COVID or, or had, I mean, I've had MMR vax and like I said, I didn't really have much symptoms being exposed. I was exposed to numerous positive people, whatever they were positive with, if it was really COVID-19 or whatever, these people were sick as hell. They were really sick, and they were sicker than they had ever been in a long time, and luckily, I managed to escape that shit, even being very close to these people, unmasked, before the whole mandate started, and I wasn't going to cower in fear, but for me, I, I always found, find these things as like a, a good test as to if what I do is enough or what I have been doing to prevent me from coming down with whatever. Uh, and so far it worked. So the keywords here in this research article, I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as possible. Uh, there are six pages, but there are a lot of diagrams and, and, and charts and shit like that in between. So I'm going to do the best I can here and try to make this quick. So the keywords here are COVID-19, immunization, vaccines, Parkinson's disease. And the intro starts off as saying, many have raised the alarm about the wisdom of widespread immunization campaigns using COVID-19 vaccines without first performing long-term human safety studies and well-planned animal toxicity studies. So right here, this gentleman, Mr. Claussen, is basically saying, he's admitting, and, and he doesn't have a problem admitting this, it's the media that does, that there are, quote, no long-term studies, right? They're, they're they, without first People raise the alarm about the wisdom of widespread immunization campaigns using COVID-19 vaccines, which, quote, without first performing long-term human safety studies and, quote, well-planned animal toxicity studies. So here, these are two things that were completely skipped over, right? And, and, and these motherfuckers want to try to mandate this shit. And that's the crazy thing. This is the crazy thing. This, this shot could very well be the death of millions and millions of people. And right now, I'm fucking over it. Months ago, when I read the first paper by this author, I can't even tell you how shattered I was. I mean, really, at the end of the day, it, it, it's going to suck. It's going to suck. So I'm going to continue on. Concern has been raised regarding evidence that the SARS COVID-2 virus itself, which causes COVID-19, is actually a lab-derived bioweapon. We've had this discussion before as well on this podcast. Several peer-reviewed papers have indicated that the spike protein of the SARS-CoV-2 virus and its nucleic acid sequence are actually prion-forming toxins. This fucking blows because that basically means, and I, and I had this discussion before, that anybody who actually came down with this now has the potential to develop prion disease and... Um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? And maybe the people who got sick, really sick, might be better off than somebody like me who didn't really show any symptoms. We don't know. But right now, I do know that I'm going through a heavy chelation. I'm trying my best to get rid of shit out of my body um, because I don't want this happening. It's going to be a sad and sorry world to see so many of these people coming down with the shit at the same time. A toxicity study in monkeys infected with SARS-CoV-2 showed the formation of Lewy bodies and supports these findings. So, this is this is what, very frightening. Very frightening. This is irreversible brain damage that progresses 
extremely rapidly. And um, all the COVID-19 vaccines on the market contain spike protein or its nucleic acid sequence, creating a possible catastrophic epidemic of prion disease in the future. This is such a fucking burden. Let me tell you, man. The COVID vaccines from AstraZeneca and Pfizer are quite different in their composition. The AstraZeneca COVID vaccine utilizes live adenoviruses that are genetically engineered to make the spike protein. And those live adenoviruses likely come from monkeys. This is where they do all the research on monkeys. This is where it's done. That's how it's done. That's, that's part of this little cocktail here. And that might be, again, going back to my little monkeypox uh, episode, this might be why we're seeing monkey pops pop, monkey pox pop up because of the fact that they're using these animals to create these live adenoviruses, all right, to engineer this spike protein. Pfizer's COVID vaccine utilizes mRNA encapsulated in lipids to cause formation of spike protein in the recipient. To cause formation of spike protein in the recipient. Both vaccine technologies have the potential to induce prion disease. Because the technologies are unique, it was hypothesized their rates of prion induction may be contrasting enough to, to, to be detected as a difference in a spontaneous adverse event reporting database. The UK's yellow card adverse event reporting system was chosen to evaluate whether a difference in prion-related vaccines reactions reports could be detected. As discussed below, there were theoretical benefits for studying this effect in a database from a single small country as opposed to larger European Union or US databases. The method, yellow card adverse reporting data, data from the United Kingdom government website, he gives a link here, um, downloaded. Data was in the form of four PDF documents, one each for vaccines from AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Moderna, and one for reports where the vaccine was not identified. Each document categorized adverse event reports into specific groups, primarily sorted by organ system, as summarized in Table 1. So, obviously, you can't see Table 1, but I'm going to read that to you. Ooh, there are a lot of categories here under Table 1. Um, each, and this, these are adverse event reports. So, the general categories of adverse rep uh, event reports starts with blood disorders, cardiac disorders, congenital disorders, ear disorders, endocrine disorders, eye disorders, gastrointestinal, gastrointestinal general disorders, hepatic disorders, immune system disorders, infections, injuries. This is the whole list here that I'm, I'm going through right now with adver of adverse events from vaccines. Pretty long list. Injuries, infections, investigation. I don't know what the fuck that means, investigations. Metabolic disorders, muscle and tissue disorders, that comes in um, at almost 90,000 for AstraZeneca alone. That is wild. These are some huge numbers. Uh, neoplasm, nervous disorders. Nervous disorders is huge. AstraZeneca nervous disorders, 160,000. Pregnancy, I don't know how you're going to get pregnant from a fucking vaccine. I don't know what this is about. Averse, oh, adverse event reaction related to pregnancy. Okay, but it doesn't say. Um, psychiatric disorders. Renal and urinary disorders, reproductive and breast disorders, respiratory disorders, skin disorders, social circumstances, surgical and medical procedures, vascular disorders. So the total reactions, you got the total reactions for Pfizer and AstraZeneca compared side by side. So all of these 
reactions totaled up under Pfizer is 210,168. And for AstraZeneca, the winner by a fucking mile, 745,965. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So for each report, there's 2.48 reactions per Pfizer uh, per report and 3.63 for AstraZeneca. So AstraZeneca is in the lead in terms of its destruction. Uh, so... Adverse events in each major category are further classified more or less by specific disease or symptom. I did not read that to you, so I just read you guys a general category, which is why certain things like uh, pregnancy didn't sound right. There's no adverse reaction to pregnancy, but it was related to pregnancy. So while the documents do not specifically say outright, the website indicates the reports may come from both laypersons and healthcare professionals. You can usually tell. If you read the various reports uh, here in the States, you can usually tell when a healthcare worker um, enters those reports. There's this, this a very specific way that healthcare workers document, and um, you know that that's likely not going to change when they enter info into VARES. So, while the documents do not specify or say outright, the website indicates the reports may become yes, they may come from both laypersons and healthcare professionals, and may include both spontaneous reports and reports derived from clinical trials. The frequency of adverse event reports pertaining to possible prion-induced neurological symptoms were compared between AstraZeneca and Pfizer vaccines. No analysis was made for other potential adverse events except that the rates of total psychological reactions, quote, psychiatric disorders, was also compared. The analysis was specifically intended for detecting prion disease in the, quote, nervous disorders reaction report. So let's go back to nervous disorders. Oh, yeah, I, I kind of pulled that out pretty quickly. So for Pfizer, they had nervous disorders, 38,876. We'll say about 40,000, right, just to make life easy. So 40,000. And here, um, AstraZeneca, 160,834. Just to go back, that's just fucking wild. That is wild. Um, yeah, crazy, 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 crazy stuff. So the nervous disorders, the analysis was specifically intended for detecting prion disease in the nervous disorders reaction reports. An analysis was not performed on the, quote, psychiatric disorders reactions or any other category diseases listed in Table 1. A chi-square analysis using a 2 by 2 table was used to calculate statistical p-values for just three clearly specified specific signals. An online statistical chi-square calculator was used. Chi-square analysis was also performed, one each for nervous disorders and psychiatric disorders in Table 1. In addition, a separate chi-square analysis was performed for three specific neurological reactions that could relate to prion disease. A single negative control chi-square analysis was performed to verify that the calculator software was functioning properly. Results. Four documents were downloaded from the UK government database. The documents state the data lock date was June 16th, 2021, and the report run date was June 17th, 2021. The documents indicated the following number of, of adverse event reactions were reported for each vaccine. Pfizer, 210,168. AstraZeneca, 745,965,000. 
Moderna, 14,781, and brand unspecified, 2,521. Because of insufficient data, only the Pfizer and AstraZeneca adverse event reports were analyzed. According to the documents, the Pfizer adverse events were reported between December 9, 2020 and June 16, 2021, while the AstraZeneca adverse events, events were reported between January 4, 2021 and June 16, 2021. So not only is AstraZeneca in the lead in terms of adverse events, they had one less month of distribution. How about that shit? There were thus only a few days difference in the dates of adverse events were reported. There were thus only a few days difference in the dates the adverse events were reported. I'd say more than a few days. That's that's like almost a whole month. Unless I'm just incorrectly interpreting what he's saying here. Um, additional publicly available data from the UK indicates by June 16th 72,891,861 vaccine doses had been administered. The proportion of those doses, doses attributed to Pfizer or AstraZeneca vaccines was not readily available. Adverse reactions to the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines were categorized by yellow card into major categories based on organ system and are summarized in Table 1. Table 1 shows that in general there are 3.55 times more adverse reactions reported and 2.78 more reports filled for the AstraZeneca vaccine than for the Pfizer vaccine. In general, there were 363 adverse reactions disclosed for each report pertaining to the AstraZeneca vaccine compared to 2.84 reactions for each report pertaining to the Pfizer vaccine. Data in Table 1 was specifically analyzed looking for a signal of potential differences in prion disease between vaccine groups. There were 4.14 times as many, quote, nervous disorders reactions and 3.9 times as many psychiatric disorders reaction, reactions reported for the AstraZeneca vaccine compared to the Pfizer. These differences were elevated compared to, the, to a 3.55 times difference for all adverse event reactions reported between the two groups, respectively. Analysis of the, quote, nervous disorders data, Table 2, showed a highly significant and specific increase in Parkinson's disease reactions in the AstraZeneca reports compared to the Pfizer vaccine reports. There were 185 reactions listing Parkinson's disease reactions in the AstraZeneca reports compared to the only 20 in the Pfizer reports. Table 3 shows how the Parkinson's disease patients were classified in the reactions. These Parkinson's disease cases were prim primarily identified using a highly specific pathognomic symptom, quote, freezing phenomenon. Table 3 shows that tremor, a less specific but more sensitive symptom found in Parkinson's disease patients, was present in 9,288 re reactions reporting for the, reported for the AstraZeneca vaccine, but found in only 937 reactions reported for the Pfizer vaccine. Wow. Wow. Let me just read it again. A less specific, so freezing phenomenon, less specific but more sensitive symptom found in Parkinson's disease patients was present in 9,288 reactions in AstraZeneca, but only 
in 937 reactions for Pfizer. That's like tenfold. That is wild. Um, so it goes over the table here, the different ratios. Uh, under nervous disorders, there's a whole list of things under nervous disorders. Abnormal reflex, abnormal sleep-related events, absence seizures. Uh, here's a big one here. Central nervous system hemorrhages and cerebral vascular accidents. That's a big one there under AstraZeneca. Huge. 1,668. Uh, and, you know, again, people will say, well, compared to 72 million doses that were distributed, blah, 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 then we don't really know out of all these 72 million doses, if they could even produce them that fast, that they really are giving this technology in all of these 72 million doses. I highly doubt it. And I, I, I do firmly believe that they have subsections of people who are really getting the, who are getting the real shit and others who are likely getting god only knows what other concoctions because they just don't have the production capacity even reading about warp speed last year and uh the GlaxoSmithKline a lot of these companies a lot of these vaccine makers back way back early they were ramping up production of what's called adjuvants even before they had the quote-unquote antigen. And that goes to show, I mean, reading, going back, reading about warp speed, I remember the capacity was limited. I think at their best bet at that time, they were hoping to produce about 1.5, maybe 3 million doses tops. Tops per month. So how the fuck do we get up to 72 million? that quickly. I don't think it's all legit. I don't think it's all legit. I think that some people are getting the real thing and other people are getting saline and, uh, and it makes the numbers look good and it just leaves things open for the next round, next rotation. Because if these things are self-spreading, if these things, these people who have gotten these inoculations have the potential to spread, well then they really don't need to inoculate 72 million people. Maybe they only need to inoculate four or five it's just a progress that a process that will go on slowly um you know similar to ebola a lot of uh when they had the outbreaks of ebola the issue is the people who are very sick with ebola it's the blood and bodily fluids so they had to not only be careful with people when they were alive who were contagious with ebola but also when preparing the bodies this could be a similar situation that these prion-like diseases could very well be potentially these prion Who knows if people are shedding these prion-like proteins? And if that's the case, then it could be an endless cycle where we're just going to have more and more and more of these diseases cropping up, and they won't really tell people why. So, so the, again, the list here of nervous disorders... We have coordination. It's a whole list. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Coordination and balance disturbances. Disturbance, disturbances in consciousness. Um, Sleep-based disturbances. Dyskinesias. Movement disorders. Headaches. Um, mental impairment. Migraine headaches. I'm just going. It's, it's listed alphabetically, but I'm just really pulling out the ones that are really significant numbers that I see here. Neurological signs and symptoms, paresthesias and dysesthesias. Paresthesias. So that's like uh, I think paresthesias like if you're feeling weird feelings and you know numbness and tingling. That's a paresthesia. 
paralysis and, and paresis, Parkinson's disease and Parkinsonium and Parkinson Parkinsonism. That's actually not very high um, for Pfizer, but again, we have 185 for AstraZeneca. Uh, continue on, sensory abnormalities, sleep disturbances, and tremor. Got a lot of tremor. And then under table three is Parkinson's disease. They break it down. The tremor is the most significant. That is the most significant um, quality there uh, in the list of Parkinson's disease. There's a freezing phenomenon, the gait, the Parkinsonism gait, the reduced facial expression. These are all characteristics. Um, another striking imbalance found in the analysis of nervous disorders in table two with sleep disturbance, this is of interest because sleep disorders are a hallmark symptom of a genetically transmitted prion disease called fatal familial insomnia. I went over that one too. A detailed analysis of neurologically characterized sleep disturbance reactions is disclosed, disclosed in Table 4. The data indicate there were four sleep disturbance or sleep phase rhythm reactions in the reports pertaining to the Pfizer vaccine versus 58 reactions in reports pertaining to the AstraZeneca vaccine. And then we have sleep disorders here. So the discussion, we're on page four of six, and I think we only have four and five left for me to actually read before the references. So if you stay with me, I appreciate it. So the discussion. The current analysis was performed on COVID vaccine adverse reactions reported through UK's yellow card system. While analysis is challenging a clear signal of specific, of a specific prion disease, Parkinson's disease, was found as discussed below. The findings are consistent with knowledge of the spike protein and its nucleic acid sequence, well-accepted pathophysiology of prion disease and animal toxicity data in monkeys. The findings in this paper represent an urgent warning to halt mass immunization with COVID vaccines until proper safety studies are complete. Alternative, alternative vaccines like the MMR, measles, mump, rubella vaccine should be explored for those desiring immunization against COVID-19 outside of clinical trials. Analysis of spontaneous reporting data as found in the yellow card system is limited for several reasons, including the historical finding that spontaneous reporting under reports advance, adverse events 95% of the time. Only 5% of drug adverse events are typically reported. Only 5% of drug adverse events are typically reported. Imagine that. Imagine that. These figures on reporting, so you just then what you would do is you would multiply by 20 all of these numbers. That's where you would get your quote-unquote 100%. Unfucking real. <sighs> these figures on reporting of adverse events pertain to acute adverse events, essentially none of the adverse events occurring years or decades after administration of pharmaceutical are ever reported. That's true. That is true. None of the adverse events occurring years or decades after administration of a pharmaceutical are ever reported. Analysis of the adverse events that are reported may be difficult to interpret outside a controlled clinical trial since it is often difficult to know the expected rate of a specific event in the recipient population. The current study attempted to avoid previous problems associated with analysis of spontaneous adverse event reports by comparing reports between groups receiving different COVID vaccines. 
In this case, those receiving the Pfizer COVID vaccine acted as the controls for those receiving the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine and vice versa. This fact, the fact that the mass administration of, he, he says visa versus, I, I don't know, I said vice versa. The fact that mass administration of both, both vaccines was started within days of each other worked in favor of the analysis as did the fact that there were there was an acute shortage of vaccines. People wanting a COVID vaccine would likely be forced to take what was available and not allow much choice. These factors, as well as government policies on what populations would be offered the vaccine first, may have helped minimize demographics differences relating to which vaccine was received, at least in regards to age and sex. However, this is only theoretical since demographic demographic data pertaining to the use of specific vaccines was not readily available on the internet at the time this paper was written. The data shows that there were more adverse reactions reported for the AstraZeneca vaccine than for Pfizer vaccine. On a whole, there are 3.55 times more adverse reactions and 2.78 times more reports for the AstraZeneca vaccine than for the Pfizer vaccine. I feel like he repeats himself a few times in this. This may be explained in part by the number of vaccine doses administered, but this information was not readily available. However, it is also possible that there may be more acute reactions to the AstraZeneca vaccine. On average, there were 3.63 adverse reactions per report for the AstraZeneca vaccine compared to 2.84. Okay, we read that. This is like the third time it mentions that. Per the vaccine, Pfizer vaccine, demographics of the recipients and also the the reporters academic versus community clinicians may also account for some of the differences the goal of this research was to determine if there was an early signal of prion disease because of the differences in vaccine composition it was hoped that differences between vaccine groups may manifest early enough to create a signal the analysis was specifically geared to look for evidence of a few prion diseases no analysis was performed for non-prion diseases such as autoimmune diseases or clotting diseases for example the prion diseases of interest included ALS, frontotemporal lobar degeneration, Alzheimer's disease, CJD, crutchfield jakob disease, Parkinson's disease, and fatal familial insomnia. Unfortunately, many of these prion diseases are characterized by non-specific neurological and psychological symptoms. There is overlap of symptoms between prion diseases making a definitive diagnosis slow at times. Prion disease may take years or decades to manifest from onset. However, there were several reasons to hope that a signal may be detected with months of immunization. First, it was believed that there was a pool of people that, with either subclinical prion disease or mild prion disease that had not been correctly diagnosed. One theory is that COVID vaccines may accelerate disease progression, causing these undiagnosed patients to have frank disease that is rapidly diagnosed after immunization. A second reason to believe that a signal could be detected soon after immunization relates to the knowledge of the spike protein. It is believed that the spike protein and its nucleic acid sequence may be a complex bioweapon capable of inducing prion disease by several different mechanisms. The mRNA nucleic acid may cause certain intrinsic proteins like TDP, 43 and FUS to fold into prions, which eventually lead to disease. The spike protein also has a prion-like region, which may catalyze a chain reaction and eventually lead to prion disease. However, 
A third group published data that the spike protein may cause proteins, including prions, already in cells to aggregate, forming Lewy bodies, for example, and causing rapidly, rel relatively rapid cell death. It is, third, it is this third method that could allow fairly rapid detection of prion disease after immunization. The current analysis showed a specific signal for an increased risk of Parkinson's disease. There were 20 Parkinson's disease reactions reported with the Pfizer vaccine, and while 71 reactions were expected in the AstraZeneca reports, there were 185 reactions actually reported. The analysis was able to detect the signal because adverse event reports were filed, disclosing a very disease-specific pathogenomic symptom quote, called freezing phenomena, which made up the bulk of the Parkinson's disease reports. It is not clear if the reports were primarily related to new onset, onset Parkinson's disease or worse, worsening of a previously diagnosed patient. The signal is supported by a proportionally simu similar imbalance in reports of a more sensitive but less specific symptom of Parkinson's disease, which is tremor. A total of 937 tremor reactions were reported for Pfizer vaccine, while 3,326 reactions were expected to be reported for the AstraZeneca vaccine. But a total of 9,288 reactions were reported instead. The net effect is that the clinical relevance could be logs in magnitude higher than the reports of Parkinson's disease, even after adjusting approximately 20-fold for underreporting. Many but not all cases of Parkinson's disease are believed to be caused by prion disease. It is believed that the alpha synuclein aggregates in the substantia nigra of the brain in Parkinson's disease patients causing the formation of Lewy bodies. The relation of Lewy bodies to Parkinson's disease provides strong bio-plausible support for a causal effect with the signal because of infections of because Infections of monkeys with SARS-CoV-2 virus lead to a development of Lewy bodies. That just fucking sucks. The relative rapid onset of Parkinson's disease symptom after immunization may be explained by the vaccine-derived spike protein's heparin binding site. One group showed that the spike protein heparin binding site binds to a number of aggregation-prone heparin binding proteins, including alpha-beta, alpha-synuclein, Tau, prion, and TDP43 RRM, these interactions suggest that the heparin binding site on the S1 protein might assist the binding of amyloid proteins to the viral surface and thus could initiate aggregation of these proteins and finally, finally leads to neurodegeneration in the brain. So basically they're saying that the spike 1 protein assists... All right, it basically just attracts the amyloid proteins. What are the amyloid proteins? Those are the metal. Those are the metal deposits in the brain. That, you know, when they, when they do autopsies and they cut the brains, they cut the heads open, they cut the skulls open of these patients, and they look at their brains, and they have these metal deposits, right? It's not quite spongiform encephalopathy where you, you look at the pieces of brain, and it looks like a sponge. But the beta amyloid deposits are just... They're deposits of metal, you know, and I'm not going to say rust, but it's just areas of the brain that metal just congregates because it's trying to stop 
a biological process. It's trying to stop an infection, and it and this is the this is what causes the destruction, you know, and 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 people, um, in their brains and their minds and their ability to move and each disease such as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and Lewy body dementia, basically just attacks different portions of the brain, and that's why some of your your characteristics, some of your um, the qualities of these diseases are different. So I'm almost done here. Just a few more paragraphs. Uh, where are we now? Uh, they go on to another prion disease with some more unique features is fatal familial insomnia. It is a rare genetic prion disorder characterized by an inability to sleep. Ooh, I love sleeping. Thank God. It was noted in the analysis of nervous disorder data of Table 2 and Table 4 that there was an imbalance of sleep reports between vaccine groups. There were four sleep reactions reported for Pfizer's vaccine, and while 14 reactions were expected in the AstraZeneca reports, a total of 58 reactions were reported. A rapid onset of difference between two groups can be explained by the spike protein aggregating prion molecules already in cells, as discussed with Parkinson's disease symptoms above. The yellow card, just excuse my animal, he's having an asthma attack in the background. The yellow card database does not provide good insight on possible risk of developing many different prion diseases, as can be expected. There is, however, oh, we have a cameo in the background, helicopters, nonstop, here they come, here they come. It's wishing me good morning. The yellow card database does not, are you done dying yet? No, you're going to come in here and die. All right. The yellow card database does not provide good insight on possible risk of developing many different prion diseases, as can be expected. There was, however, a highly statistical increase in nervous disorders and psychiatric disorders reactions reported for the AstraZeneca vaccine compared to the Pfizer, Table 1. The imbalance suggests that there may be underlying differences in prion disorders other than Parkinson's disease. Unfortunately, most prion diseases have symptoms not specific to prion disorders, and symptoms of many different prion diseases overlap. This fact delays diagnosis, and in some cases, to definitive, the definitive diagnosis is delayed into post, until post-mortem autopsy, and that has to be a shit show for the coroner to cut open a brain and fucking see prions. I, mean, I don't even know. I don't know. How the hell do they do it? The current analysis is not intended to indicate that one COVID vaccine is safer than another in regards to prion disease. One limitation of the analysis is that both vaccines may equally increase the rates of one or more prion diseases and no difference will be detected in the yellow card database. Imbalances in rates of reactions detected in this analysis can be explained by the striking differences in composition of the two vaccines, allowing one vaccine to induce some prion diseases quicker. Wonderful. AstraZeneca adenoviral vaccine-based COVID vaccine may concentrate in the GI system to a greater extent, leading to faster transport of the spike protein via the vagus nerve to the brain. By contrast, over the long run, the Pfizer mRNA vaccine may induce more TDP43 and FUS to form prions and lead to more prion disease. This analysis should serve as an urgent warning to those mindlessly following advice of politicians and public health officials regarding COVID immunization. Both groups have had a dismal record of protecting the health of, public, of the public. The U.S. public health officials ran the infamous Tuskegee syphilis study allowing people of color to die from syphilis because the public health officials refused to inform the patients that they had syphilis and then a treatment existed. 
there have been numerous less well-known experiments on prisoners and other vulnerable populations in North America. I've gone over this plenty of times on my podcast. The infamous Nazi physician Joseph Mengele was a public health doctor. Well, look at that. Joseph Mengele himself was a public health doctor. Founding father politicians in the U.S. championed civil liberties while owning slaves and running extermination campaigns against Native Americans. The current policy to immunize the masses with COVID vaccines before proper safety studies are completed complete is likely to follow in the steps of the previously mentioned historical acts all right done with that article there this was a follow-up article covid19 vaccine associated parkinson's disease a prion disease signal in the uk yellow card event adverse event database i just want to go over the references really quick before i sign off i just want to see what he used as references uh there is a oh wow MMR vaccine and bioweapons. It was Clausen that I read this about, the MMR vaccine having had some protection, and they believed that they could have been um, anticipating a bioweapon release in the years, I don't remember if it was 2018 or 2019, that they really went crazy about the MMR. So uh, it was it was Clausen who actually read uh, wrote that. Um, oh, here we go, yep. Evidence supporting hy- the hypothesis that the... 2019 epidemic of e-vaping acute lung injury was caused in part by COVID-19. Yeah, that was September, September, October 2019, November. Um, He cites a couple of others. Kumar SARS-CoV-2 spike protein interactions with amyloid, amyloidogenic proteins. Um, I read this, I don't think I read this one to you guys. Worst than the disease, I was going to read it, reviewing some possible unintended consequences of mRNA vaccines against COVID-19. I thought I read that one. I don't know if I if I podcasted that one, but that was that was a few months back. And uh, a couple of other underreporting of adverse drug reactions, a systemic review. Uh, hmm. What else do we have here? Just a couple more reference articles here. What is the evidence that Parkinson's disease is a prion disorder that originates in the gut? Wow, I'm actually going to read that another time. That looks like a great article. So there you have it. That's a follow-up article according to... Well, we, we could see, obviously, that AstraZeneca has a lot more adverse reactions, but they're looking for signals. They're looking for indications early. Now, we're talking early signals that these vaccines are causing prion disease and uh so there you have it they're keeping an eye out on it i figured i'd just read this i came across this article earlier and just like the first one fucking 40 minutes i apologize um i just wanted to read the article and put it out there because it is a follow-up it is a follow-up and this is something that we're gonna have to keep an eye on and uh what can we do at this point right what can we fucking do not quite sure but this stage in the game just got to keep our eyes open and be aware of what the potential the potential is for shit to go south very very rapidly in 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 this front but it is what it is all right people i hope you guys have a good day it is friday july 23rd 2021